What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the world premiere Last Chance Q with myself and the great Sean Salisbury. We begin today. This will be install number one as we get after it today. And I just wanted to let you know this show is brought to you by DV Sport, the world premiere video editing system for the NFL and NCAA alike. And uh, without further ado, I got to bring my main man, Sean Salisbury, in. Sean, I appreciate you, man. I cannot wait to get this going. This is the world premiere. I hope you're excited as I am, man. I can't wait to get last chance Q. I got my new polo, and we're ready to go. Yeah, let me tilt this down. T-shirt, last chance Q. I'm with you, brother. You kidding me? I've been I've been anticipating this for a while now, and uh, it's a thrill to be on with you, and I can't wait for all the stuff we're going to hit. And uh, we got it going on, brother. You got your whistle. You're ready. You're you are ready to open up a can. Hey, can of ass. I can't okay. wait. Uh, quote of the day. Let me get the ticker started before we get going. Today is the day you give up who you've been for who you will become, Sean. I don't know if you like that quote or not. That's just something I used to drill into my coaches and players alike. I'm sure you've heard it many times. But I love it though too because it also means getting yourself out of your comfort zone. Cause I always believe that I've never met an athlete who is, who is you, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. I've never coached it or played it to the point where I was comfortable the whole time. You got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that fits your quote, give up who you, you got to give up who you've been for who you'll become. And that's right on brother. No question. No question. Uh, I, we're going to get into this thing, and uh, this show is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Uh, we are excited to get this going, the world premiere today. Tuesday, Thursdays, 4 p.m. We will also be taking uh, high school, college, and anyone else's players who want to have their film evaluated. We will add that into the show, so make sure you drop an email to thecoachjbshow at gmail.com. We also threw out a video on social media, and uh, I can't wait to get this going. Without further ado, we can't wait. We'll see you on the other side of this intro. Peace. The Pirates have won it for the first time since 1987. I'm back. I'm back. Let's go. Welcome to Last Chance Q with myself, Coach JB, and Sean Salisbury. We will not talk over the amateur or under the expert. It's not only the X's and O's, but it's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. And it's not just quarterbacks. We got all the positions teaching, coaching, laughing, and joking. We're using football terminology so we can get through this faster than we we don't want to use these long terms, coach. We don't we got quick verbiage to get to the point. Last chance with the great legendary Sean Salisbury. Man, oh man, Sean, I love the video. Shout out to my ba- my main man, Gabriel, for setting those up. The outro video is just as fire. You'll see soon, but the videos are unbelievable. We got this thing ready to go, Sean. Uh, to get this thing under underway, Sean, I got to ask you something. Uh, last chance Q poll question for today as we're in install number one of many. Um, on the world premiere here, Lamar Jackson last night won his third game in a row. Uh, my question to you is, can he sustain 
throwing for 130 yards or so, under 200, let's put it that way, and win a Super Bowl? Can he win a Super Bowl playing like he is right now, I guess is the question. No, they're a dangerous team if they get it all going because of his ability. They obviously ramped up the defensive side, adding Roquan Smith, but they've also got some injuries at the wideout. No, and you know this. We saw it with Tennessee. Without Tannehill, last couple weeks, Malik Willis has been in there. They're a team that's won, what, five in a row until they got beat by Kansas City. You have to be able to throw it in this league. And even if you don't throw it a lot, like 68 times, you got to throw it efficiently. And we know Lamar Jackson's an MVP skill set, but 130-some yards, unless you're going to dominate it and run for 250 as a team and play 16, keep teams in the teens points-wise, no. I don't anticipate it's going to stay there, but they are going to have to get more explosive in the pass game and more efficient for them to be around in January. I agree with you. I, I just don't think – and, Sean, we could dive into this in a show this week. I'm sure maybe Thursday we'll get into it, but I, I, I can't wait to, to dissect your brain when I'm going to ask you every week we're averaging eight to ten quarterbacks in the NFL throwing for under 200 yards. I just can't wait to get into that this week with you. Uh, I, I, a part of the show um, that I wanted to bring to you is a last chance Q fan question I threw out on Instagram before we went live, and I thought this one was from a coach, very interesting, and uh, he would love your in- input. Um, are core values still a critical element within a football program, Sean and Coach JB? Hell yeah, they they are. One thing, listen, the game's changed physically with our, I mean, when I say physically, certain things never go away with the core values, whether it's in the locker room or on the fields, on the field or on the sideline. I think there are certain things you always have to do. And if we're talking about core values within the individuals we coach and teach and within the building, whether it's the person who's cutting the tape for us and getting our video, whether it's our right guard, No, I don't think you waver on core values. Games have changed, obviously, the way we approach it, the way we've spread out formations, all that on the field. But in the locker room, and when I'm coaching a team or coaching players, you could have came to me. Now, I'll add to some of those core values, but the basis foundation of what you do to be successful and core values in the building, the first time you let there be a crack in those, the whole fucking thing shreds. So you got to stand firm. That's another thing why I like, like Deion Sanders, what he's doing at Jackson State. He's the oldest school, new school guy on the planet. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. He's going old. You're sitting in the front. Our values is this way. We're going to do things. I'm going to teach. We're going to have fun, name, image, and likeness, and all that we'll get to, speaking on the college and the high school level. But, JB, there is no question in my mind. Teams that allow their standard and their core values to, oh, okay, to move the goalposts, unless you're moving them to add another value that matters to the core of your team. But I don't care if it's 1960 or 2022. The teams that have stuck to those values, and look at the successful franchises, they are still kicking ass. Cole, hey, John, adapt or die, man. Adapt yep. or die. And if you don't like what's happening, then you get your fucking ass out of the profession and go work at J.C. Penny Warehouse because you either adapt or die or don't do the job. Don't do this thing no more. You don't have to do it. Hey, JB, haven't you seen over the even just current coaches or teams that have lost their way? We may even get to one here shortly in this conversation. When you lose your way or lose the standard of what you said of those core values, like you said, if you can't adapt, get out of the way. 
We see it all the time on Sundays. We see some coaches that want to take what they do and shove it down a player's throat, even though the talent doesn't match. Instead of saying, well, damn, I got 12 or 15 coaches on the staff. Let's do what we do, but adapt to our players so we can maximize the damn room. And I don't see enough doing it. And look around at the bullshit average football on the NFL level we're playing. It's as putrid, wherever the putrid is, it's as putrid as it's gotten, as it's been in two decades. Now, the good ones are really good, but there's way too, there's good, and then there's really damn bad, and there's a whole bunch of blah in the middle. Hence why there's only about a half a dozen teams that can win a Super Bowl this year. No doubt. Uh, we're headed to the pre-snap read portion of this show. Uh, I got to get. I gotta ask you, man, is uh, is mediocrity the new excellence? Is it, is it, I'm not going to even ask you, Sean, is mediocrity the 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 beginning of the new, of new excellence? I'm going to say is mediocrity the new excellence right now. I don't believe it's becoming the new excellence. I think it's already here and accepted by the broad amount of people who think mediocrity is the new fucking excellence, and I can't stand to see it. Name me the last time, and you, and I, I'm with you. I don't. And here's what people get offended. You know, the first time that you say that, you know, the first thing people are going to say is. Well, a million people love you, but they're going to say, oh, that's old school thinking. That doesn't belong here. You're the old you know, man. This is, yeah, old man, what are you talking about, man? We're not playing in the Kenny Stabler days. This is this is the new school shit. We do what we want to do, and you you, you got to come along for the ride. This isn't mediocre. Have you seen how much a guy can bench press, how fast they are? Don't get – just like I always say, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. Don't mistake better athletes and bigger and stronger fast for, for better football. And sure as shit, don't replay. Don't mistake it for better coaching. We've got some good young coaches, some good in between, some good olders. Let me go older ones. Well, let me give you this: a seventy-three-year-old manager in baseball that's been questioned forever because he hadn't won a World Series, and he's a Hall of Famer. Just won a World Series, and do you know that I woke up in my city on my show this morning and got people saying, "Oh, let push the man, make him retire." They just won 106 games, 11 and 2 in the postseason. He handled a, a, a historic pitching staff. Ah, 73. As if we got to hire a 32-year-old manager because, well, or a 40-year-old manager just because, well, he's younger and maybe thinks more like it. You no, damn right. We, he's fucking analytics. Right. He's got analytics. Right, right. And now we got Bruce Bochy, who's a Hall of Famer, going to the Texas Rangers. He'll try to fix that. He won three, what, three World Series in six years. I'm not saying there's not room for the young. There's room for it all. My thing is when a young guy comes in, the first thing I say is I, I don't look at him and say, well, you don't know how to do that. You're, you've accepted mediocrity. No, Sean McVay's not mediocre. Their team's playing it, but he's a damn good coach. Use him as an example. But I'll be damned if somebody's going to look me in the face and say, because the athletes are better, we're playing better football. No, there's a lot of times we're playing horseshit football. And when Tom Brady, the GOAT, is saying it, I think it's pretty obvious. And it's rampant. Sean Payton's, look around you. Look around you. One spectacular. I'll, you, I'll take 10 solid good plays as opposed to one home run. He, give me 10 doubles. I'm going to beat you more than you're going to beat me, man. Another reason why the Astros won. They put the fucking ball in play. No question. Uh, yeah, Sean, I just don't. I just see it every day. I see people saying, oh, that's great on social media. Oh, that's great. Uh, you know, he said this and he said that. He apologized. Oh, he's okay. No, you're making excuses for excuses. You're accepting you, mediocrity. You're accepting what this guy is. Because we are who we say. We are who we are, not what we say we are. Right. And I don't think people really realize that. 
So I think we are in a stage on a very, 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 very critical uh, state uh, in our generation or in our lives of uh, mediocrity taking over as the new excellence. And I think we're just accepting uh, after we've enabled, number one, we've enabled these kids so damn bad that we are now accepting mediocrity. It's okay to miss a game because of a hangnail. You're okay. It's okay. It's okay to miss practice. I get it. It's okay. It's, it's okay to miss an NFL game and because and you're making 18 million because you're frustrated that you didn't get traded. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. Sorry to tell you. Stay home. Stay home. And let me tell you, listen, man. I, I'm I'm still of the everybody doesn't get a trophy thing, right? Just because you know, I've seen guys throw for 350 yards and their decision making was awful. I've seen a guy throw for 280 and his decision-making was off the charts. How many guys from the age of 15 to 25 can get up on a board for you? You put them on there. Let's just say the wide receiver or the quarterback. I don't care who the running back. And walk you through coverages and identification right now without having to snap their head to a sideline and have a coach make every decision for them, including how often they wipe their ass. I, I, just for shits and giggles, I would say one. They can walk you through it toward, I say, to a quarterback, here's cover to man. Identify, show me where they're, where they're supposed to be, how do you attack it? And what are ways to attack to zone? Is it, I mean, to man, is it vertical or horizontal runaways where we can pick and run away? You tell me. And a lot of them are working, but it's not the kid's fault. Listen, I went to a, a college campus and, and was training a quarterback. Yep. And, and, and listen, I love the kids, and I love – I do. I, I, they keep me young. I love it. Teaching and coaching are, are my DNA and what I love to do. And I know it is for you, dude, because you're fucking phenomenal at it. I'm going to leave the university out, I'm, and I'm going to leave the player out because I love him. I'm training him on a college campus with four other college-wide receivers. I asked them simply – that's an illegal formation because we were playing full speed, fast on fast. Kind of having him walk me through a two-minute drill where I said, you got control. We had a full workout, said, you take the two-minute drill over. Get me to the line of scrimmage. I'm going to clock you 47, 46. You get one timeout. We're down five. We're at our own 20. You got the game. And he's a hell of a player and a brilliant kid. But coaches aren't teaching them. I'm not saying all of them. This is never a blanket or umbrella statement. But when one doesn't, when you can't bring them all along, you can't leave one behind when it comes to football or in meetings or in reading or in arithmetic or math. You can't. Got to take them all. Or the team, if one guy suffers, we're fucked. I asked every one of them, four receivers and a college quarterback, they all playing at a, in, a, in a Division I university. I said, What's it, how many guys got to be off the ball for a legal formation? Legal. They had no idea. Let me say that one more time. They had no idea. So how am I supposed to break a huddle and line up if my guys don't know that if four guys are on, if we got nine guys on the ball, we can't run a play? Oh, we can run it, but when we throw a touchdown pass, we bring it back. My point is, is that where's back to your values, your attention to detail, and your mediocrity? If you allow it to happen on Wednesday, it's going to happen on Saturday or Friday. Fucking right. You allow it, instead of coach it, you got a major problem. Um Moving on, uh, must have attitude, Sean. I just I think it's critical. Um, 
as a coach, as a player, as a, as a, as a, as a damn academic counselor, as a strength conditioning guy, as a nutritionist, I don't care if you're involved in a program or an organization such as professional ones in the NFL. Um, I have to go through my must have attitudes. And I wanted to ask you what, what, what is your top five must haves when it comes to attitude? What do you, what do you look for? And, and I'll begin since you, you started we'll it. Go back and forth. Yeah, I want to hear. Go for it. Give me one. You have yeah. to have for me. You have to be tough. That that that's number one, and that's not only physical. And you can go bench at seven hundred pounds and drop the weight on your foot and still practice that day. That's pretty tough, and that's something we used to always do. Um, but mentally, right? We have to have some mental fucking fortitude. We have to show up when we don't want to show up. We have to be self-motivating. I believe that's within the tough realm. Um, and and having said that, I think comes with toughness. I think you have to be aggressive, not in a bad way, but within those lines in that weight room, even aggressive in the film room. I need to take notes. I want to know what this fucking corner shoe size is. That is to me all in underneath the aggressive table. And then you got to be tenacious. I think aggressive and tenacious are, are hand in hand. I think you have to be tenacious when you go to class, Sean. You got to you got to attack uh, class and being tenacious. Um, understanding that this is not the end all for me. I got to get through this academics to get up out of here. Um, I need this diploma for my mom, for my grandma, for my dad, whatever it may be. I think you have to be tenacious. And then I think for you and me, I think we both agree, especially when we're coaching the QB uh, in particular. But I think you all need it in every position on the football field, all 22. You got to be poised. I think you got to be poised. Even an O-lineman, a center, he can't be this jittery guy and not be poised when we got two A-gap walk-up and defenders in the A-gap and he snaps the ball because he's scared as shit. He's got to be poised and call it out and Checking and easy, 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 quarterback. Let, let me check this. We're going to full slide this thing. You got to be poised, wide outs, running backs. You got to be poised. We got an A-gap blitzer. Let me scoot up a little bit so he's got. he don't have a full fucking run at my cue. Poise comes in there. And then the last but not least, Sean, self-confidence to me. It's not cocky. It's it's self-confidence. It, it, it's, a, it's a it factor type of thing, as we know. And you know I love to use that term, it factor. I believe it's uh, defined by myself as an executive presence. Uh, you have to be self-confident in everything we do. Because, Sean, I hate to be a little primitive, but as you know, as I know, winners fucked the prom queen the last time I checked. Go ahead, Sean. What's your five? <laughs> you ain't bullshit, brother. <laughs> I, I, and I'll just add a couple because I would have taken a couple of years to use a physical type. We can put more of it. Those top five. Let, let me, one is Dan Fouts told me years ago, the great Dan Fouts, he had a hat on and I asked about it. If you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with bullshit. That goes to the confidence that you better, the, the old, remember the old, the, the commercial, never let him see a sweat. You got to find a way, whatever's going on to fucking deal with it. So the guys around you. Off. You can bullshit right. and that's still get them to fucking fit, that's, play for you and win games. That's my point. <laughs> and I'll never forget, I'm dropping back to pass in college and the great John Robinson, who I know you know and love, the guy who recruited me, and I throw a ball, and I was, and Bruce Matthews, all those guys will tell you this, Dwayne Bickett and Del Rio, I'm motherfucking, I mean, I, what the fuck? I mean, I missed a throw, and I'm beside myself because it was wide open, right? 
and my, my, my guys, Roy Foster's on the – I mean, I'm a freshman, and I got Marcus Allen in the backfield. I'm with a who's who list. It was like Sesame Street. Wow. One of these things is not like the others. What the fuck are you doing here with all these stars, right? Future Hall of Famers, college and NFL. The, story. the number one recruit, I expected myself to be able to keep up with those guys, right? So finally, John Robinson, coach, puts his arm around me and walks me behind the huddle. And it wasn't to point blame at anybody else. He said, listen. He goes, I understand why you're mad. He goes, he always used to say, he, he, he'd say, that was the shits. He goes, that throw was the shits. He, it was, anybody of my trones that are listeners will laugh because he, ah, Sean, Chip, Roy, Marcus, Sean, that, 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 was, that, that was the shits. That was the shit. So he walks me back there, puts his arm, he goes, oh, it was the shits. You're, he goes, you're playing like shit today on the practice field. He goes, but you're going to be a great player here. He said, and I don't ever want those guys up front to think it's your fault. Meaning, not that you blame somebody else, but he wanted them to know that goes back to your poise, that even if you were shit in the bed, that you were going to come out of it okay. That they knew that when it was nut-cutting time, that you had their back and that they could, when everybody else was going haywire, that you were good. And I learned a valuable lesson that day. That it was like, damn, he's right. I wanted Roy Foster, old Boomer and Bruce and Donnie Mosmar, and those guys to say, if we got to put this freshman in and he starts going haywire, you know, they always want to know that that guy's got it under control, even when you're pissing down your leg, which leads me to believe to a couple more. Which she said, no, another one for me is that you got to love this shit. You, you have to love it. It's an attitude trait for me. This, this, this has to be when I knew when I was done playing is when I didn't love practice anymore. That, that's when I knew you got to love it. I don't care what level you got to love it. And you got to, another one for me is you got to maximize the guys around you, which goes back to let them believe that no matter what, you can do it. I don't care. Listen, and my number one trait, you, go, you talked about physical and mental toughness, and I, I'm going to add emotional to it. The dog pees on your leg when you leave. You throw three picks at halftime. The coach ain't talking to you. You're getting booed by your home crowd. The girl you were dating is now wants to, to, to date the other quarterback because he's out playing your ass. You come out at halftime. Your own teammates don't want to talk to you. What do you do? How, how do you respond? When anybody asks me what's the number one trait you want in a quarterback, I say, oh, of course, physical accuracy, the, t- the stuff I see. But if I got a guy who's a mentally weak or emotionally weak that can't handle failure, I got zero shot. I, I've, I've got zero shot. So you got to be able to make sure the right guard play. If he's a seven, make him an eight. If he's a four, you got to elevate his game to a six. That's your fucking job. And while you're doing it, you got to deal with all the shit that's going on. And when you're playing poorly, how do you respond? And if you respond like you're supposed to, Elway, Brady, you know, th- th- those type of players, Patrick Mahomes, you end up playing like them, Troy Aikman. So emotional toughness to me is just as important as being able to throw the ball a country mile. I ain't met, a, I ain't met an, a, 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 an emotionally weak quarterback or football player that lasts very long or has sustained success. And you know what? Just to, to your point, you got to be able to handle fucking success too. Oh, get over it equally yeah. as quick. Amen. Yeah. I think a lot of guys are afraid of success, JB. Hell yeah, I, they are. I think Hell they're afraid yeah. of it. So they just want it's I confess he did it. Let that guy go get the when it gets right to it. Well, let somebody else go make a play. Oh, hell no. I'll make I mean, a play, and you got to make sure they get the credit for it, right? Yeah, and be honest, like, or they're just this cocky, arrogant fucker that just don't can't get out of his own way. He can't handle his success either, and eventually, don't God forbid you blow your knee out, brother, because nobody's gonna remember your ass. 
you know what else, JB, with that real quick? You know what attitude? You know all these guys I'm about to mention. I've never – Rodney Harrison, God rest his soul, Junior Seau. The best players I ever played with. You know what they did more than Marcus Allen? You know what they did? They practiced like they were the, they, they were the fucking walk-on trying to make the team. Yeah. They practiced harder and at a tempo that other guys, that the average, that, that the, the mere mortals don't practice that. They just did. I, I heard the same of Michael Irvin. Troy will tell you about Mike. You hear about Jerry Rice. I heard about those guys practice different. And I said, love football. You better love practice too. You better practice. love that. That's another no, attitude for me. You better love I, it. I loved yeah. it all. I, I, yeah. I wanted to go in the weight room. I, I, you know, I got strong. I wanted to be strong. I wanted to be the strongest quarterback on the bench. That's what I focused on. And at one point, I was in Street and Smith Magazine benching 365 as a quarterback. And at that time, shit, 90, 92, 93, hey, fuck pretty strong. I wanted to go in that weight room and do it. I loved it during my playing career. I hate it now. I loved it then. Right. So I just think that's all comprised in the practice, strength, you know, film. Sean, we know. Got to love film, right? I mean, uh Great take, if great you take, don't, uh, if you don't, you can't do it. You, 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 if you don't love studying it as much as you throw it, you're probably going to get caught. It's either, everybody. Listen, I could take any swinging dick out there, and they can throw it in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. The question is, do you understand who to get and how to get him, and why you're throwing it there? And when no you question. know that, and where you're supposed to throw it, the arm strength and the rest of it's the bonus. Sean, the next part of this uh, pre-snap read, what it takes to become a football coach. I, you know, I think, first of all, um, there's so many things, and we could talk to the – you know, we just want to get through the necessities here. Uh, you know, what it becomes to become a football coach is, is a special human. And as you know, I think you need a special backer, whoever it may be, your, your, your wife, your, your, your significant other, your daughter, your son, whoever it may be. It takes a, a village, as they say. Um, so to become a football coach, though, I think you have to have the number one to me, Sean, is relationship building. You have to have that core value trait, whatever you want to call it. If you cannot build a relationship, um, I don't think I think you're pissing up a rope, pissing into the wind, whatever the hell you want to say and use uh, term wise. If you can't build a relationship and if those kids don't trust you, because Sean, I'll be honest with you, man, as a coach. Uh, there's so many things to this, and I, and I know we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. Um, better have a philosophy, number one, and it better be a one to two sentence one where you can spit it out anytime a coach asks you, "What is your philosophy?" And I've I've go around clinicking, Sean, and I've yet, and even Division One guys can yet have yet to tell me what their philosophy is. They don't know. They do not know what their legitimate philosophy is. Like it blows my mind. Like I don't understand it. And I think you have to have a philosophy, number one. Number two, you have to be able to build relationships and get kids to run through a wall. And, and that's the ultimate foundation of becoming a coach, in my estimation. And, Sean, I'm going to leave it to you on this. I'm going to let you take it. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, you got to build relationships. You got to have a philosophy. And then if, if you don't if, – if you think these kids are dumb – Oh. I might agree. I might agree with that sometimes, Sean, but I'll tell you what they're not. Fucking stupid. They're right. not stupid. And they'll see right through you in a New York minute if you're full of shit, if you're not genuine, and if you're fake. And if you're not that, like you just said, fake it till you make it. Even if you are, you better fake it because those kids will see through it and they won't practice for you. They won't show up for you. They won't run through a wall for you. 
They'll fumble for you. They won't care. And they'll walk out the weight room and they'll half-ass effort you at the whole day and every single day and year in practice. And I just, you got to understand that. So you got to be genuine in what you're selling. You got to get them to buy what you're selling. And I believe that's the core foundation of becoming a coach, Sean. And that's layman's terms is as, as best as I can say it. And that goes with that inspire and trust leadership part that I preach. Uh, you know, command and control leadership of the old school military command and control. It may work at times, but the majority of your leadership has to be inspire trust. And to go with your have a philosophy, your boy, Pat Prez, you know, our guy who's, who's a fun golfer and Pat, if you can't fit it on a three by five card, it's too much. And if you don't put anything on the three by five card, it's way too little. And you better have that foundation. And there better be a philosophy dot, dot, dot. Why? Goes back to your original at the top of this show. You better adapt. You better be able to add to and take away from when stuff becomes archaic. Or if you're a cover two coach, if your philosophy is cover two and cover two is no longer a base defense, then you got to use that as a mix in and realize I had to change. And another one you mentioned, trust. Find me a guy you've ever dealt with. Financial advisor, your insurance person, your teacher, your coach, your best friend. And there's a difference between f building relationships and trust that you want them to be your best friend. Fuck that. I don't need my coach to be my best friend. When we're done playing 30 years from now, yeah. it's like my dad. My dad was, when my dad died, my best buddy. But when I was under my dad's roof, he was my dad first and my best friend second. No doubt. And the respect. So there's that build the relationship, but the relationship should be built on can I trust you when we're kicking ass? When things aren't going well and when we're getting our ass kicked and they have, you're exactly, they have got to know that you're not going to get, they're not going to get bus tossed, these players, and they have got to know that no matter what, you got them first. And they need to know that you care more about them at times, just like a quarterback, than you care about yourself. They, they just do that. You do anything. What do they say about great leadership? You don't, leaders don't tell you what to do. They pop out in front and show you. I think that's part of building a relationship. They got to know you trust. Once again, I'll go back to Dion because he's been on my mind a lot about how a guy, because the Jeff Saturday thing, which I know we're going to hit today, is he went in there and when he walks into a room, the substance, kids believe that he's there for them. He loves them. I, I know that for a fact. That's do a lot of coaches. But I know there's plenty of coaches and we've seen them. They don't love you. They're there just like some players to get their paycheck and to be a celebrity instead of a, instead of a football coach or a football player. And celebrity doesn't last. The core of your values of being a passionate football player is going to last longer than celebrity when it comes to that. Celebrity, want to be a celebrity or first has affected some guys. That'll keep you in the game for a minute and get you to the parties, but it'll get your ass kicked about year five of your career too. No doubt. Uh, last part of pre-snap read. Um, what it takes to become a football player. Uh, you know, as we evaluate talent later on in the Eye in the Sky segment of this show, we're going we're gonna to break down five random football players that have sent us emails and DMs. Uh, I want to see what it takes because before I even watch their film, I want to see their mannerisms. I want to walk. I want to watch them in practice. I want to go evaluate them. I want to I, – I created, Sean, a, a checklist. It is, I called it a recruiting manuscript. I wanted to make sure my staff had these checklists in hand when they recruited these kids. And I wanted it sent back to our jump drive that night when we evaluated those kids on the road. And I wanted to see, did they check these boxes? Because I'm already saying no, 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 
yes if you didn't meet those criteria or if you did. And uh, number one, Sean, I want to see if the kid loves it, just like you said. I want to see if the kid loves the game. And I always go around, Sean, we've always said that I walk, I walk around and say, hey, if you love football, raise your hand. Everybody raise their hand. We've already talked about this. And I say, really, but I got your damn class attendance in front of me and you've missed practice. You've missed class three times this week. So stop lying to yourself. You're not lying to me. I don't give a shit. You're lying to your damn self and, you, and these players here and your coaches. Um, so you got to love it. And within love, I think self-motivator, which includes effort above talent, in my opinion. Like, you have to be a self-motivator underneath the love portion of this game. Because if you love it, then you're going to motivate your damn self to get out the bed, make your damn bed, and then go do your stuff. Brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, get your ass to school, learn something, get to practice, dominate with a high energy because you're self-motivating. And then the next day, you wake up, your doggy's sick, and you had to put him down. Guess what? It doesn't stop the world, man. I got to still be a self-motivator and show up. I tell the story all the time. My dad died in 05. I was the OC at a JUCO. I was at fucking practice that day because he wouldn't have allowed me to miss. Now we got bereavement, Sean. We got fucking players missing six goddamn weeks for a fucking female girlfriend that got pregnant. Safe, safe, safe. We'll get you you your safe space because your feelings got hurt. Uh, Yes. And I'm just like, so to me, if you love it, self-motivating is under that, number one. And then you have to have effort because, as you know, and we always talk about effort requires zero talent. And so I believe that's all underneath loving it. Number two, selfless. I think you have to be selfless. If you're going to be a player that I recruit or a football player that you so-called call yourself, you have to put team before self. I believe that's the number one missing ingredient in today's player in this generation. Uh, Number three, self-pride. I just think that you have to have some self-pride in this thing. And uh, I, I don't know if we have self-pride in this anymore. Self-pride, Sean, means I know who the fuck Sean... I know who Sean Salisbury was if I'm an SC quarterback. If this quarterback right now at USC don't know Sean Salisbury, then to me, not only has his staff failed him, he's failed the game, and he has no self-pride in knowing what he is chasing. I'm chasing Sean Salisbury's fucking freshman record. I'm chasing... XYZ. I don't care. Self-pride is a thing. And you, that means you have self-pride too. I'm going to go to class. I'm going to get an A because my dad challenged me before he passed away to get an A in this master's course. I said, all right, I'm going to go get it. So I did it. Um, self-pride is missing as well, in my opinion. Number four, humility, Sean. I think you got to have some humility in this thing. If you're going to be a football player and stick around for long enough, you got to have some, you got to eat some humble pie sometimes and not just sit there and think this is a dick measuring contest every single day. Sometimes some people are better than you. You got to eat it, go get better, strive to be better, and get his ass back next time, whatever it may be. Weight room, you may got, you may have lost the bench press contest for for the day. Hey, guess what? I'm going to go get it, but I'm going to be humble, and, and, and I'm going to respect this guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shake his hand and say, you got me. Uh, I don't think we see that anymore because everything's so social media-based. And number five, Sean, the thing me and you hate the most about the youth respect and the lack thereof i think you have to have not only self-respect i think you have to respect everything single thing that comes across you females parents elderly 
uh, dogs, cats, I don't care. Respect travels everywhere and, to, and it touches everything. And I think without respect, I don't believe you'll ever be able to sustain being a football player, especially not for me. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I was going to say just a couple things because you eloquently described every single bit of that. Is part of that respect, and you mentioned about USC and me knowing the guys before me and the guys after me that I still know and watch these guys play, and it's fun to watch special, the special talent, is I don't believe you can be an expert at something if you don't know the history or the origin of it. That's just me. Don't tell me you're a rock and roll history, a rock and roll expert or history, uh, you know, a buff on rock and roll. If you only know what happened from 1990 to 2020, I don't care when you were born. I mean, how do you describe that you would know Lou Gehrig? I wasn't around when Lou Gehrig plays, but I can tell you a lot about him. So, and if you don't know who Led Zeppelin is, and don't tell me who, don't, don't tell me you're an expert in, in rock and roll. Same thing. Respect it. I think you gotta you got to know the history of it to respect it. And one thing along with those must-haves that you're talking about, and you mentioned it, and I phrased it a little bit different with this, it's the lonely work. It's doing all the things that, that, are, that need to be taken care of when nobody's telling you to do it. When nobody's watching. That's, that's exactly right. That's the difference. Do you, are you doing after what? And then process what we taught. And then when nobody's calling your time to go out, are you doing whatever that lonely work is? Weight room, stuff, film study, the great academics, whatever it is. The lonely work. That's part of being a self-starter, self-discipline. You want to be great. Being great, you just don't fall off a turnip truck and land in the greatness's lap. You got to do some things that do it. And if you're a great athlete, football player, and you combine the two, then you're going to end up in all kinds of Hall of Fame. So the lonely work to me, if you're not willing to do the lonely work, that tells me you're just doing enough to get by. I agree. I agree with you, Sean. Great stuff. Uh, we're headed to the first and 10 segment of this show. Uh, we got to get to uh, the first and 10 is always a starter. We want to we want to be ahead of the curve here on first down. Right. We want to stay ahead of the chains. We want to keep moving it. Uh, great topic here on this first and 10. Uh, Sean, has coaching become a lazy profession? And you might ask me what I mean, and I may ask you uh, a bunch of things, but uh, when I ask that question, Sean, it's 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 kind of wide open and a little bit it's kind of broad and wide open. But at the same time, uh, I believe it's become a lazy profession. When one it, at one time it was so, I used to wake up, man, without an alarm clock because I rarely slept, thinking about what, uh, how excited I was to get to the office, how excited I was to do something to be better at every single day that I laid my head down. I was like, I'm back up. I don't need a damn alarm clock. If an alarm clock's the only reason you wake up, you're already fucked. So I, I got to be honest, um, the portal, the transfer portal, the NIL booster clubs that are donating and throwing this money out here, I believe they have to be part of the they, – they think they have to keep up with the Joneses. And now we have to recruit the portal, take guys out of the portal – in this profession more than we've ever have. And we, st we just can't go out and recruit nobody no more. We don't recruit anyone the old school way, being genuine, going out there and putting in the time and recruiting a kid for two and a half years, only to say he's not going to commit with you. He's not signing with you. Guess what? It happened. But I put the time in and the effort and I gave it my all. We don't see that anymore, man. We're not even recruiting high school like we once did. We're not recruiting JUCO like we once did. We're recruiting the portal that has 7,200 kids in it, and we still expect the same amount of money in return. Or more. They want more. Yeah, they they, they want more. You know, it's a great point, JB, and, and I know you got more to make on I'm going to make mine really simple, is think about um, 
now I'm going to lose my train of thought about uh, the profession. Oh, okay. Think about when you have a kid. Now, I don't, now listen, do I think coaches are dedicated? I think coaches waste a lot of time. You could get probably more done in six hours instead of 12 hours because you're walking around bullshit, but that's part of the coaching profession at the office. You like being around the fellas who doesn't, but it's the stuff, the teaching away from the facility leads up. I'll just use quarterback training or private training as an example. Um, we got so gimmicky. Now we got guys that are take carrying friggin' tires in their fucking knapsack and I don't, last time I checked, I, now listen, I'm not a strength and conditioning coach. I know guys that are, we need them. You got to get strong. You got to get fast. All those things in the weight room that matter. But I'm a, 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 tra- a quarterback trader. Uh, I don't say whisper. I'm a trainer. I'm a teacher first, a coach second. I teach. I don't remember the last fucking time I played football. I had a guy send me something on Twitter about two years ago. A drill where these dudes got the big tractor. T- I'm talking about like a five-yard tire. The dude's walking on him with a football in his hand. And a guy says, Coach, what, what do you think about this drill? It wasn't his drill. He saw it from somebody else. And I said, well, it's it's interesting. And he had him laid out. I thought, but damn, it's a lot of work to get that tire out there. But I thought, well, I'll tell you this. When we start fucking playing football on a Friday night on a tractor tire, I'll use that drill and I'll implement it. We got guys jumping through hoops, lighting their balls on fire. Fucking parachuting into the field for training. I'm telling you, I look like fucking Santa Claus coming out there to train. I'm like, and I got like cones and sometimes nothing because we're going through football shit on grass or on turf with cleats on playing with footballs. And I'm like, okay, I I understand. Then I think, well, that's a strength. Now I'm going to do you all the football movements, but I got fucking Santa Claus with a white beard and down to his dick in a red suit. And, and, and a, carrying his bag. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking, it's an endless supply like the Grinch is coming to of fucking gifts. And here, use this training thing. And they got it around their waist and around their neck and around their balls. And it's coming out their asshole, dude. I, I'm like, am I not doing this right? I could have swore I played. And I don't ever remember North Turner walking out of the field with, with a fucking ball with a handle on it. I mean, what the fuck? Sean, I'm fucking hard because I'm tripping. I I saw fucking kid the other day. This guy sends me a tape. He fucking puts a quarterback in a fucking chair on the field, and he has him stand up and throw the fucking ball. I said, what in the fuck is this? What are we doing? Oh, let's get him a sweat. Let's start throwing routes inside a steam room. I'm lost. And so I said, I understand moving to get warmed up with the ladder. I, I get all that. But a ladder's not dominating a 90-minute session for me. We got to throw the fucking ball in a comeback. I mean, I don't know the last time my quarterback looked down at the ladder on his feet trying to escape rush in the pocket. But what do I know? We'll get to that, okay? And so, if you're looking down at your feet, you're fucked. So, right. So that's the part of Coach I'm like, okay, getting paid. But you're teaching this kid how to be a, okay, the motherfucker knows how to grab gifts from Santa Claus. He's got every gadget on the planet. His family just spent 42,000 bucks buying every net and gadget. Then you say, well, what's cover two? I don't fucking know. I'm too busy staring down at the ladder and holding the ball with a handle and then thumbing my nuts and then trying to throw a comeback. What? What? Okay. So that's part of that profession. It reminds me of the family who has a kid and they're sitting on the couch and they, here's what they do. The kids, too, and they take a pacifier, stick it in the kid's mouth while they're doing all their shit, and the kid's watching 
Dr. Seuss for the 400th time in two days, and they're not reading to him. It's like, okay, it's the same thing as training. Teach the kid. Teach the quarterback. I mean, <laughs> my favorite is when I'm watching receivers, and they're doing all this shit, and guess what there's not at the end? There's no ball to be caught. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? So, yeah, there, yeah. so if you're asking me that part of it, lazy, lazy and stupid, okay? Get rid of your bag of tricks for your quarterbacks, receivers. Warm up, I get it. We actually play on a flat field without a fucking – the tractor tire in the middle of it. Sorry. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, it couldn't have hit it better, man. These guys, I just don't get it. They think that they want to fucking in, reinvent throwing a football without <laughs> throwing a football. Right. Here's my favorite, too, Coach. Is they'll get it. You know, you're trying to help the kid get recruited or show, but they'll throw it on social media. And all I hear is the coach talking and all the gimmicks, and I don't see the kid throwing. <laughs> it's like, What? My man, Mike Leach, I, I sent Leach a message. I said, I got a quarterback who's a good player. You want to see? He goes, yeah, I got, I'm about to work him out. He goes, yeah. I said, what do you want to see? He goes, I like to see a lot of screens. I want to see the quick game. I want to see how the ball comes out on the intermediate, like the seam throws, the shallow cross, all the shit Mike likes to do, right, on time. And he, he said, he said, make sure you – and I was laughing because I'm sure he has to tell. He goes, hey, hey, Sean, just make sure you get the throw, the drop back, the throw, and the catch. Because Mike wants to know, well, it would look good throwing it, but the, the motherfucker land eight rows into the stands. I can't recruit that kid if he did it eight times in a row. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, we've gotten so, oh, see what I did on social media. Look at the cones I used. Yeah, and? Great. Can your quarterback throw an outcut? Well, I'm not sure about that. What's he doing too, man? I don't know, but I'll tell you what. He is a motherfucker on that cone, man. Okay. Gosh, oh fuck, man! Um, I can't. I just can't. It can't be better put than that, man. But and then and then we'll still have we. We'll, this show's gonna air today, and fuckers are gonna say you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, that's my favorite too. The guy sitting in the stand, sitting on his thumb, who his last time was was uh, flag football in the third grade. Not that he doesn't know it now. Flag football in the third grade, and he's telling my ass to get in and out of a huddle. Get the fuck out of here, okay? Gracious. Uh, first and ten uh, brought to you by Sean Salisbury. Fuck that. <laughs> he that one. Uh, is it fair to pay 17 and 19 year old Sean uh, before they ever perform? And and before I before you ask a two part question, uh, is it fair to put it on these kids? Number one and number two. If you tell me no, should incentive based pay be a more measurable approach i'm kind of i can't wait to hear your take on this i'm i still got this purist in me that says back to our love do you love to play would you be doing the same things if you weren't getting paid do i have one issue honest to god coaching you're a freshman in college and you're going to win the heisman trophy and they're selling your jerseys do i think you should get paid you're damn right i do do i i mean the person who's putting on a 4-8 show they can sell their 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 hog and get paid, right? Yeah, they, they can get paid. So I, I'm all for the pay. I don't like hand to hand that feeling of hand to hand cash. You're 16. You're a sophomore in high school. You're a five star recruit, and I'm going to bring a bag to you and say, "Here you go. Great job. Good luck on Friday night. I'll see you." Because what SMU did when they got the the death sentence, that now is legal as hell, and you can do whatever the hell you want, and then some. Yep. So. I incentive based. I'm fine. I don't like you coming to my school because I got more cash than the next guy. Once you get to my school, 
and you got an endorsement or the that that's why this is a slippery slope. There's got to be some we got to relegate. I mean, we we do we got to get some some rules on this that I can't go get because then it you're, then it becomes well we're we're playing pro football. We got to have a, a, a union and free, free agency. agency. Yeah, the free agency, or you should be able. I can cut you, trade you from Clemson to South Carolina in the middle of a season. I'm all for the kids getting paid, but I'm all for the kids getting paid in the right way. I, I, I am. Listen, you got a skill set. If you can play the drums, man, you should get paid. If you can catch a football and somebody at 18 likes you, even if they wanted to pay at 18, can we put it in a fund and have them collect it like you would on a when you when you give your kids? Well, when you're 25, you get this. When you're 35, you get that. I, I just don't like the hand-to-hand cashing because I think we use what's left of, and there ain't much of it left. The pure part of why you went to a university to play. While you're there, if you can make ten million bucks, most of the guys aren't going to play pro football. That's why, if listen, if you can make ten million and leave, and you don't play a down of pro football, but you were the best recruit in the country, fuck, go get it. I don't like a junior in high school being convinced to go to Pitt or Southern Cal because, well, we got more money than the other guys. I, I, I to me, it's wrong. I want them to get paid, but I think there's a way to do it the right way. I. I think it's unfair, just like the committee ranking Tennessee um, as the number one team in the country over a team that just fucking won the national title, who everyone thought lost nine first-round draft picks on defense was going to be shitty, apparently. Well, guess what? They're still the fucking champ. Until you knock a champ out, I haven't seen anyone just be anointed the number one team because they beat an average Alabama team that year. That is what the committee, in essence, did to Tennessee. So S and my, my point is this, Sean, they put too much pressure on Tennessee to be number one. I would have loved for them to stay number two. I bet you would have been a better football game because Georgia bulletin board material was fuck this. Tennessee's one. Okay. Right. Let's go out and show them. Right. It's the same as paying these kids that are 17 and 19, in my opinion. I think you're putting way too much pressure on a kid that age to come out perform, beat out the returner on the roster, and then knowing maybe even if I'm in my head, I think Hendon Hooker's better than me. But guess what? They paid me $8 million, Sean. I am going to be the starter here at Tennessee next year. Right. And I think that's unfair to put on a kid that age. I think a, a, a risk versus reward situation is more is – more, uh, <clears throat> understandable in my opinion so it's I unrealistic it's not fair it is unrealistic i right. say you give it an incentive-based contract and the incentive-based contract can still put an onus on you but it's it's i gotta go out here and earn it before i get it and i'm gonna go earn it first from my teammates second from my staff coaches thirdly from my fan base and then fourthly if you want to pay me t-mobile eight million dollars then you just didn't do it but Agreed. in an incentive deal Okay, NIL deal, pay me 500K to come there. I'll come there. If I leave, I have to pay that back if I enter the transfer portal. That's the first thing I would implement. Number two. You got to fulfill the contract. Fulfill the contract like we have to do in life. And then number two, okay, now I'm on incentive. If you were going to offer me $8 million and I could make up to $8 million because that's the original offer, then, okay, now I can earn up to $8 million based on how many touchdowns I throw, how many wins I get, how many interceptions I don't throw, how many yards I throw for, any records I break, bowl wins, whatever, Heisman Trophy winner, 
uh, then you you can get all you can get everything. And you, they stay in the game. There's there's drive. There, there's something to play for. There's a process to get there. Keeps me hey. at my school too, Sean. Which right. is going to lead us to the next part of this, which is going to head to the third and long portion of this show. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna lead to that. Like it's gonna keep you at the school. And uh, as we head over to the third and long segment of the show, um, and it's a great segue. Sean, transfer portal or NIL? What's worse? Well, you hit name with the name, image, and likeness about paying players is what you heard. Uh, here's the problem, and you we, we had talked about of all the things we talked about. This was one that we there that we don't talk about. We come on here raw. We know what we want to discuss. We don't tell each other what we're going to say is the transfer portal. And and I and I want you to say this, but you mentioned about the transfer portal causes people to chase money, basically. And you can explain it better. For me, I don't like the fact, I guess, like I said, I'm all for getting paid the right way. With the transfer portal, I don't like unlimited transferring in a certain time because the thought of a guy playing five different schools, and I know people are going to say, well, if the kid, the coach can do it, yeah, yeah, he can. I get That's the argument in favor of. I get, he can go to two or three different schools if they want to buy him out and go, I get it. But I just think there's got to be some kind of regulations where we got to learn to compete a little bit. I understand you get beat out by a five-star and you're a freshman and want to transfer. I get it. But you can't chase the money. We're not doing that. That Guys used to transfer for an opportunity to play. Guys now transfer for an opportunity to get paid more, and they don't give a fuck if they're playing or not in some cases. So I, I to me, I think the transfer portal's – Worse because I've always thought, I, I, hell, I would have loved name image likes to be around when I was the number one recruit in the country at USC. And yeah. I, I get I get them both, but we can't just run rough. This can't be the Wild West because if you rob Peter and do the transfer portal and name image and likeness, eventually an alumni is going to say, well, my five star is not playing. I want my money back. Lawsuits start to kick in. And then if you transfer all over the place, what message? Because most of these guys are not going to play pro football. The message that you're saying is go get your bag. I get it. Get your money. But you can't run from that in life, man. You just can't. Eventually, you run from it enough times, you, you, you're you worn out. So I think there's got to be regulations on both. I would say the transfer portal, to me, is a little more overboard right now. <clears throat> I agree. I think <clears throat> I think if you – Because it touches more people. Name, image, and likeness, all of them aren't getting paid. Every kid can transfer because – one one team's trash can be another team's treasure, right? Sean, we've cool. done the research on this deal, and I had to do it because when I do my show in the mornings, you know, I had to I had to break it down without putting my foot in my mouth. I don't want to say shit that I don't know is right, and it's true. And uh, the average NIL deal, Sean, is $300 for these kids. Right. $300 is the average NIL deal, or less than $300. So when you see these kids getting this $8 million and this $2 million and this million or whatever – it's a 1% of the kid, and that's the problem. See, the 99 percentile sees the 1 percentile get this bag, so to speak, of money. They all think they all deserve it now and should all get it. So guess what it does? It creates a bigger, let me go chase greener pasture type right. of attitude. I'm going to chase the pasture that's greener over there because Coach Saban couldn't pay the backup left tackle and the fucking fourth string DB. Right. Because he's not getting a jersey selling deal in the bookstore. He's not getting a card deal with Cadillac. Only Bryce Young is. Only the starting left tackle is. Only the running back is. 
not the backups. And they think that just because of that guy's getting this money, I can enter the portal and chase this bag at another school. But in theory, you're chasing the bag at a new school, but you're doing the same shit over and over, expecting a different result, which is insanity. And I just think the portal has become so, so uh, abused. It's become so abused. And we either coach it or allow it, Sean. I say it every day. And the NCAA, having no football commissioner, I think kills these kids in so many ways. And without a commissioner or any hierarchy whatsoever, we're abusing this portal like no other. And uh, not only are the kids abusing it, Sean, the coaches are abusing it. Oh, there's no doubt. The next next thing to come down is going to be, as you know, is going to be a, a union for players. There's going to be a college football. There has to be. Can't keep this up and not have somebody to protect the kid. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, social media important, Sean. Uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I wanted to get your take on this. I think social media importance is huge. Um, I think it is a very, very, uh, you know, important um, aspect of these of these kids recruiting. Um, I think that, that building a culture within your organization. Um, I don't think I don't think people understand how important it is. Um, I I don't believe kids understand social media importance, and I don't think they are aware of its potential impact on the you, the kid, or the coach and the program. Like it never forgets, Sean. It becomes your resume. And before the you know this five six years ago, James Franklin, good friend of mine, Penn State head coach, uh, other coaches across America, a kid would have a a, a sock that represented uh, marijuana on it, or he had a T-shirt with a naked girl, or a fucking idiot had a gun in his locker at high school and fucking put it on his goddamn Instagram. They lost scholarships for that, and we were holding them accountable at that time. This was six seven years ago. When social media was kind of just getting it, you know, big. Now it's huge. It's a conglomerate. It's unbelievable. We that's basically what our world has become: social media bubble. Um, are we still doing this? Are we still holding them accountable based on what they're doing on social media? Because I see kids every single day. They send me shit, and I'm looking at their social media like I would never fucking in America give you a scholarship. Yeah, what and, right. Standing around and somebody's drinking a beer and they're involved. It's it, it's the it's the the association with bad too. Okay, okay. Not to cut you off. Let me ask you this though. But then you have the excuse making fuck who is making an excuse for an excuse as to their defense is, oh man, quit yelling on the line, you old fuckers. You're yelling on the line at these guys. Nobody cares no more, coach. Everyone smokes weed now. It's legal. It's legal. I have yet to see a person smoke weed, Sean, and it helped him. Win me the football game. I, not to this day. Well, it may be legal in some states, but it's not legal to take across the border to another country. Ask Brittany Griner. And, and, and in a bat, here's one of the best female basketball players on the planet and made a mistake taking it across, and she has not home yet. Now, I'm, that's, a, that's an extreme example, obviously, but we've gotten to the point that, oh, it's what, what are they going to do to me, right? And so they're on social media. I would like to think that people, because I know I've talked to coaches who say, we have somebody who at social media department, we just simply watch what you're putting. Just like now they have a name, image, and likeness department in most of these schools. Uh, my, my thing is, 
listen, if I'm recruiting a kid and all I see on there is, you know, derogatory posts, and that means if you retweet something like shows four guys beating on a, a, a girl in a subway or five guys beating up and you're one that's holding the camera, I'm holding you the same accountability if you're the one kicking the guy in the rib cage. I just am. Now, listen, I'm a, I, I, people need chances. I know how people, you know, certain people have been raised in hard times. Or certain people, you know, have made mistakes that they need a second chance. So I'm all about that. I, I, I get it. But there's also got to be accountability. So, yes, I'd be watching it close, and I think they do. And I, I just, I, I, every time I go to a clinic or I'm coaching a camp or talk, and this always comes up because it can be a great help. I did a master's degree paper on the significance of social media for athletes in recruiting. And you can you by putting your your stuff up there and doing all those things, but putting yourself up there with four beers in your hand and you're 16, there comes a point in time if you're a coach, you're like, well, is he drinking them? Or, or a, a weed, like you said, yes, it's legal, but I don't think that that Lincoln Riley is going to let a guy come into the quarterback room and smoke a you know a, a big old blunt. It may be a, it may be legal in certain places, but it's still illegal when you get drug tested for it. Is my point? I get it. Hell, who doesn't like a little CBD to go to bed at night? But I'm a grown-ass man, and I've had 12 surgeries. My point is, and I here's what I always end it with. If your mother or sister, you're afraid to show it to them, don't hit send. If you're embarrassed or afraid to show it to your mom or your grandma or your sister, don't hit send. Now, if it's derogatory and your mom encouraged you to send it, then your mom probably needs a little coaching up on social media as well. It can be used to your great advantage to build your brand, charitable, get your tape out there, all these things. It can also be, we've seen every year, there'll be dozens and dozens and dozens of kids who lose a scholarship because of the poor, because they hit send when they know damn well they shouldn't have. Bad idea. And now with technology, Sean, you can unsend shit and you can do all these things, but these cats are screenshotting your shit before you unsend it, and that's going to never be got. So, you know, a great great point on uh, don't hit send. Uh, my thing was, and this is something that I use with my players, this, this, this slide we're showing here. Your social media strategy should be consistent with your damn values. I just think that is huge. I think... And even if you're faking it, like we've already discussed, fake it till you make it. Get the scholarship. Get through it. And then you guess what? You still got to do it because the NFL GMs are looking at your social media too. Right. So, And then make sure you draw a line between your public online persona and your private life, Sean. I don't think these cats understand it. And You don't need to share everything with everybody. You don't need you leave a little for the imagination. You don't need to share everything with everybody. Oh, we're people, seeing people aren't in the back clapping for everything you do. Matter of fact, the majority of them want to see your ass get kicked and fail. So those people aren't rooting for you. Matter of fact, the truth is some of the people closest to you are rooting the hardest against you, so you fail. So be careful what you share with them when it comes to this kind of stuff. And there's always somebody say, Oh, did you see that one? Oh, but I erased it. Well, not fast enough for me, dude. You said motherfucker 27 times. While you're while you're a bunch of while you're at an elementary school reading to kids, oh, what's that? You know, I, I'm using that as an example. I'm just throwing things out there. Just you right. got to be smart. You got to be wise. You know, if you rob Peter, remember you're going to have to pay Paul, and that's what social media is about. No question. Um, and, and I, I wanted to say that as well. I wanted to say that that the, the last part of that. I'm like, 
people don't realize, man, like uh, the, I, I say it every day, Sean, it's a huge thing that I use every day. Every day is an interview and somebody is fucking watching you every day. I don't care what you do. I, I just don't get, I don't care what you do. Um, I, I just, I think somebody's always watching you. And uh, are we selling ourselves every day? You're selling yourself to the woman you want to marry. Meaning you're trying to convince her that you're, you're the one that she should marry. You're selling yourself to an employer. You're selling yourself to your a boss. You're selling yourself when you go, you know, to 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 uh, to buy some. Everything we do, we got it. We're selling ourselves. So sell the best version of it. And then secondly, you're an investment. It's called ROI, return on investment. If I'm going to draft you and spend forty million dollars on you, I got to know what if there. I always say this about academics too. I said you give me a quarterback who's Everything's the same. The, the measurables, they both look the same. They're both fast. They're both big. They're both strong. Well, they're both small and good, and they win everything. And they are everything. They, they community service everything. One's a quarterback in Texas. One's in California. One's a 3.9, and the other's a, a 2.1. Everything's the same. Your high school stats, everything. Everybody loves you. I got to keep you eligible. Who do you think I'm taking? I'm taking a 3-9 guy. Not that a 2.1 guy's not going to be a good student in college, but I'm not putting my job at risk because I know that I'm safe here. What have you do? That's part of your resume, part of selling, part of whatever you're doing, people are watching. And so, you know what? Make it easy on yourself, but you're selling yourself to somebody out there and they're invested in you. What's the, what's the scholarship at SC cost now? Damn near half a million bucks for four years? A lot. Why? I'm not just giving it away, man. I, I, I got to do what's best for my program as well. So I'm with you. Social media can ruin you or it can help make you. Depends. No doubt. Um, Two-minute drill, Sean. We're going to bring it up. Uh, I got to show I got to show this. Uh, we got the two-minute drill here. Um, great graphics here. We got the two-minute drill. We got a clicker and everything. We got a time. We got a clock. We got the whole deal. Um, I got I to gotta ask you, um, what makes – Topic of this two-minute drill is going to be what makes you um, recruitable or what makes you unrecruitable, um, I guess I should say. Um, what is your non-negotiables when coaching a kid? And I just have – You tie start. It you start it up, brother. Huh? You go ahead and start. All right. I, I, I tie it into, you know, recruiting and what makes you recruitable and unrecruitable. And I start at the top. I start at the top. And uh, and we're gonna start this clock here, and I'll go for a minute. And and here we go. Um, we're gonna start here. I got two minutes. I'm on the clock. Lack of hustle, Sean, is 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 number ten for me. Lack of hustle. If you have a lack of hustle, you show it on film. You show it at practice. I'm probably not gonna recruit you, and it's a non-negotiable for me. Number nine would be a player that's a sayer and not a damn doer. I, I can't stand anything worse than that. A player that's a sayer, not a doer. Uh, it's a non-negotiable for me. I need doers. I've got enough sayers out here. Number eight, if I'm recruiting you, and a non-negotiable is a nightmare parents. I can't do it. Can't deal with them. Uh, don't tell me how to coach. I won't tell you how to parent. Players who don't lose, uh, don't mind losing, Sean. Can't stand them. Can't have them. Non-negotiable. Rage issues on the field. I'll be the fucking asshole with the rage issues. Your ass is a kid. Lack of respect towards refs and coaches. 
Mental weakness, non-negotiable. Players that play soft, terrible attitudes, and 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 I'm gonna give it to you. Um, bad body language is the number one non-negotiable that is on my list. Sean, go ahead. Yeah, and I'm with you. Helicopter parents out. If you're one of those, uh, I don't care if your kid's good. I'll take a four star over a five star if I got to coach your ass too. Out. I'm, I'm just not doing it. I'm not babysitting the parent more than I am the kid. And if the kid or I or the parent or I love the game more than you do as the player, I'm not recruiting you. If I love it more than you do, I can't recruit you. I, I just can't recruit you. I'm not here. And if I have to coach effort, which goes along with you, I don't fucking coach effort. I'm not coaching effort. That's on you. And if I got to coach it, it tells me I'm going to be chasing you around the whole time here. I'm not doing that either. Uh, what are you doing? I've said it, the lonely work when we're not watching, but the part is, what are you doing with teammates? Are you bringing out the best in them? Meaning when I go talk to your high school coach, do you engage your teammates? And are you the magnet that when you walk into a room, everybody wants to be around you? Show me that leadership. I'll show you a winner. No doubt. I, 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 where, where do you put, where do you put, uh, you know, teaching how to be a leader? Like I, my definition is, Leaders create more leaders, not more fucking followers. That's what I, I love saying that. I, I think that's a real thing. Uh, I think you can teach a kid to, to follow the guy to the right instead of the left at the stop sign. If you if you really want to be a leader, you have to make hard decisions. I think that is a non-negotiable for me going forward. If I ever took a job again, uh, if I see you follow something, man, and not be convict, like stand with your convictions, uh, for instance, Shauna, off the top here, we caught up a little bit here, so I'm glad. But I want to just take it off the subject real quick on some banter. I had a kid during the Colin Kaepernick whole situation taking a knee during the National Anthem. I had a kid at Indy uh, on the show, the show year. They didn't show this portion because I motherfucked him. But he, he took a knee. We're out there in Iowa, of all places. Um, and I'm sitting there like, what the fuck you doing? Get your fucking ass up. And... I said, I'll cut your ass right here. Great kid. I love him to death. He was a great player on the team. Uh, he go, He stood up. He didn't argue back or nothing. He moped, sucked his teeth. And I always tell our guy, Sean, women suck their teeth. Men fucking strap their belt buckles and put their hard hats on. I said, uh, the next day, Sean, bring him in the office. Now, listen, you got 10 seconds to tell me why you took a knee. And if it's viable, it's if it's if it's legit and it's your own thought and you thought it out and you have your own belief, maybe I'll consider talking to you about it. What is it? You got fucking 10 seconds. I'm going to cut you. In the first second, Shani said, Miss Pinker told me to do it. A fucking teacher on campus. So I'm sitting there like, if you don't have your own belief and, con- and, and your own convictions, I have no respect for you, and you're not going to be a part of my team do it with that mentality. And that's just a non-negotiable that I'm going to have moving forward. Uh, self-thinkers, man, are fucking huge for me. Uh, right. And you know what? Every now and again, I know this is going to sound crazy, but on the field, I want you at times to be able to beg forgiveness rather than ask permission. If you're a quarterback and you walk over to me and say, well, I think I thought, no, don't tell me, don't think. But if you walk over to me, I said, what the hell are you doing? Well, Coach, I saw cover four, and I thought we could get the bank post because outside leverage on the corner, and I wanted to take a shot. I got no problem with it, man. And that's part of what you're saying. Be a thinker. If I don't have an outside-the-box guy, find me a quarterback without a set of balls, and I'll show you a guy who can't win. 
That's no doubt. I'll, I'll show a bunch of them. Derek Carr, yep. Goff. I mean, I can go down to the Kyler Murray. Uh, we're not going to talk to that about that right now. Uh, <laughs> let me get let me get into post snap breed. Uh, where do they rank? Let's rank these right here, Sean. I got to rank these relationships ranked versus core values ranked versus mission statements ranked versus detrimental to the team contract. How would you rank those? And what would you take out if you want to take some out? Take them out. If you just want to use one, use one. But where do those things rank in your cultural building, program building uh, mindset when you take over a program? Or if you're a player or a coach, where do those things go into your uh, mindset at? Where do they rank? Relationships first for me. Relationships. And that goes with when you build relationships, they're going to know your core value. I think that's the top of the, you know, the top where you put that. That's the umbrella. And I'll tell you another one. Have a vision for them. Give them a vision they can believe in and ways they can reach it. Not just don't say, hey, we're going to win a championship. I need steps. Tell me how we're going to get there. If I'm a coach, I'm going to lay out the steps. I'm going to build relationships. It all starts with relationships. That doesn't mean best buddies. Relationships, respect. When you have relationships in the building, relationships lead to trust. Trust is part of core value. Core value is part of building a mission and putting a plan together in that mission plan and your statement about here's where we're headed and here's how we're going to get there. No doubt. No doubt. Like I, you know, my biggest thing, Sean, building this program. And when I go in there, I want to take something new that I didn't use at the last program. I left right. that. That was for that program, this program, but I do travel with adapt, adapt right? Yes. Adapt and die, or die. But I travel with like a, a mantra, a, 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 not only for the staff, for the team, but it's a team, um, core value, but it's also a team mantra, I guess. My motto, my motto, my mantra, there's a bunch of different elements into this, but when. What's important now is the acronym. Uh, When is the acronym for what's important now, and I believe if you teach that within your core values, you have a relationship, and you teach what win means. Coach, what's win mean? Well, it has nothing to do with winning fucking football games. I'll tell you that right now. It's about winning six days out of the week. So day seven, which is game day, takes care of its fucking self because your ass didn't rob McDonald's. You didn't get caught stealing at Walmart. You went to study hall. You got good grades. You were in 6 a.m. weights. You were at practice on time. You got a plus grade on your grade report this week from our coaching staff per day. You fucking practice hard you watch film and pass your test game day and you know what when we do that as a team we're pretty much guaranteed to win that fucking seventh day and the last season on netflix john we lost six days out the week and i told those guys on national tv you don't fucking deserve to win a game because we lost games by one point sean two points one point Two points, last second field goal, one second, because we did a late penalty. We got a quarterback hit, hit a quarterback late, Sean. We got a fucking personal foul. We Controllable penalties. Guy. Control, stuff you can control if you're doing it right six days a week. And right. I think win is the perfect motto, mantra for a program, and that's what I, I travel with win. We get I on the back it. of our shirts. Year one, win. What's important now? Year two, Sean? They still know what win means, but now on top of that fucker, I says says expect to win. Right. And that is what I travel with. And I think every program that I go to and take, I'm going to use that everywhere I've ever been. I've, I love I've it. used it. Um, but, you know, 
detrimental to team contracts, I think, is a critical element because you have to have a consequence for an action. And right. if you don't have that in your program, you're not a good leader, and you're definitely not a leader of men. And if and if boys don't have someone teach them how to become a man, you are failing them as the leader of men because you're not going to create. You're not turning boys into men. You're just allowing boys to continue to be boys. And I think that is a huge thing because if they fuck up, they have to have a detrimental to the contract result and consequence. And they that's take I mean. as much as you allow them to take. You should all implement that. I don't know. That's right. what I feel. About. I would 100% agree. It goes back to non-negotiables, man. It just does. You're right. 100%. Yeah, no doubt. Um but what do we know, Sean? We are here at the at this portion of the show. Uh, but what do we know? I, a great graphic. Sean there got a stogie in his hand. Love it to death. I can't wait to send him some slapstick cigars I have right here at the house. Um, I got to send him some of those. Those They're great. I just did an event last night. Um, so this show is brought to you by Slapdick Cigars, by the way. So I'll, you can go to my website, CoachJBStore.com, and get you some. Um, Sean, uh what do we know? Um, Jeff Saturday is in the news uh, for basically being the new fucking head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. He was on a desk at ESPN, uh, an organization you know well, what better than most. He was on the stage. Just to, I, I, Before we even dive into this, John, I want to ask you something. You were at ESPN for what, 12 years, 10 years? 12 years, 12 years. 12 years. Could you imagine getting up? leaving the desk at ESPN because somebody called you and said, let's go. I need you for eight weeks and just jumping into a roster that you don't know nothing about and say, I'm your new fucking head coach. Let's go. You mean, and I've never done it before. And I just got done in a coat and tie drawing up how to throw a curl route versus uh three sky. And you saw it. And all of a sudden you're going to call me and say, Hey, come be the head coach of our team. First of all, I'd say, are you kidding? I'd take the job, say, damn right, I've taken it. But shit, how dumb are you guys? I, I, listen, okay. <laughs> I love Jeff Saturdays. This has nothing to do with Jeff. It ain't Jeff's fault. Great it's dude. Jeff, it's Jeff's fault that he's prepared, yep. that the organization trusts him, that he was a great player. All of Famer for the organization. Damn right, that he's done everything right in the organization. All those things, good for Jeff. This is not an, an indictment on Jeff at all. Because every last one of us would have taken it. Now, it's a it's a slap in the face to the profession. It is. This to listen. First of all, interim coaches usually don't stick around again, but maybe Jeff's different. I can tell you this: it's going to be leadership, not tasks that he's got to jump. If he doesn't walk into the coach's room and talk and address the elephant in the room, because every single one of them is saying, "How the fuck am I not the assistant? Am I not the head coach?" This guy was drawn up offensive line play in a studio in New York four days ago. John, John Fox, who went to a Super Bowl coach, is on that staff, and so is Gus Bradley, who's right. been a head coach. That, that's my point. It's like, come on now. Now, do they love Jeff? Yeah, respect him as a player. Great. But there's so many things that come in. It is a slap in the face. It's not a slap in the face to any just uh, race. It's not a slap in the face. I don't care if you're a female, black, white. Uh, Native American, I don't care. I'm talking about in this particular situation. As an interim coach, 
it's a slap in the face because no, Jeff Saturday is not ready to be the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts since all he's done is coach high school football. Does he know the X's and O's? Of course he does. Does he know how to talk football and teach it? Of course he does. But there's so many other things that go. It's basically saying, well, being a head coach is easy as shit. Well, why don't we ask Frank Reich, the guy who just got fired, how tough it is. So nothing on Jeff. I'm rooting like hell for Jeff's success. But I can tell you, it's a long shot. And he better go in there and lead. He better grab the coach's room, address the elephant and why he got this gig, and let them know the respect he has for them, which I'm sure he'll do. But don't go in there and try to bullshit. The, most of these kids don't even know Jeff played. They, 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 they didn't watch him play, most of them. If they did, they were teenagers, and now they've moved on from it. They got to know that they can trust you and that you're not a suit, that you're a football coach. So we'll see. But it's a slap in the face of the profession the guy's been grinding for 30 years. He's 50 and has never been a head coach. And the interim coach, head coach, may be the only job he's got or that they've had it before. And you're like, what did you just say? Yeah, because right, Jeff Bezos is going to call me. I Listen, I drive my buddy's Tesla. I've been in it before. Now he wants me to go be the CEO for Tesla. Well, shit, I'll be there. The salary's nice. I'll hire a bunch of people smarter than me and I'll lead them. But fuck, don't bring a chip at me because I don't know what you're doing with it. I, I need a little more preparation. Good luck to Jeff. It's not on him. This is a slap in the face, and quite frankly, it's kind of a clown, uh, a clown decision by Jim Irsay. Yeah, he he keeps continuing to make them. I, I just see a pattern. I see shit starting to stack up, Sean. I, I start seeing you know take a book and you stack it on top of another one, and you fucking stack it up, and then you start saying, "Well, shit, shit's starting to stack up here." And, and and usually when it happens, there's a fucking rhyme or reason, and that's the leader, the main right. CEO. And I, I got to ask you this, Sean. This is a implosion of mass uh, proportion that I'm waiting to see. Jeff Saturday, from what I know, did not just resign at ESPN. He didn't retire. I don't know if he took a sabbatical or what. whatever happened. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't think he can do both jobs. And if, if I see Jeff Saturday on fucking ESPN tomorrow and then I see him at practice later on that day, I'll shit. No, Jeff will take what will happen is – He'll go coach, and if he doesn't, if it doesn't last, he'll be back signed with ESPN. Herm Edwards is now back at ESPN after it didn't work at Arizona. I mean, it did, but when he got replaced, and Herm's back in studio, which is fine and dandy. I doubt you're going to see him doing a podcast in the morning show with Keyshawn and Max Kellerman, and then coach at football. If he is, and we're all fucked. Dude. <laughs> Then the profession, then the professions just, you might as well start it at Disneyland over at uh, Space Mountain. Okay. I I gotta, I gotta ask you, do you see this happening? Well, I haven't heard anybody on any major platform bring up. Jeff Saturday goes in here. He takes his fucking suit and tie off like goddamn, uh, uh, what's the movie where the 40 year old quarterback comes back to Texas state? Uh, anyway. Oh yeah. I know. He takes his fucking suit and tie off, comes in there and motherfucks fucking everybody. He fucking motherfucks Reggie Wayne on staff, and he's getting this thing going. He's motherfucking uh, Matt Ryan, and you know what? We're in this fucking video camera world, Sean. I just videotaped Jeff Saturday motherfucking Peyton Manning's favorite, Reggie Wayne in a staff meeting. (laughs) Does ESPN hire him back? Or is he absolutely fucked in both ways? I don't think Jeff's the type of guy who's going to walk in and dress down John Fox and Gus Bradley or Reggie Wayne and tell them they suck. I would hope not. I think Jeff's smarter than that. What about Um, Clear? What's that? Play? Oh, yeah. What about the team? Yeah. Well, here's my rule. 
cell phones don't get to come out. Everybody put their cell phone in, but just like that, like your keys when you're drinking, all of it goes right here. Because when I dress your ass down for jumping off sides five times, you ain't fucking putting on social media. No, dude. It'll get hot. Well, Urban Meyer's working at Fox right after what happened to him on, you know, at, at Jacksonville. No, no, no. I think Jeff's personality, nothing against Urban. It's just it, it didn't work out very well at Jacksonville. Uh, I think Jeff's approach will be a tad bit different, feisty. But it's the leadership. He's got to grab the players. So I think the job will be fine waiting on him. I think Jeff's first priority right now, though, is – how am I going to get these guys to win a friggin' game the right way so I don't go back to ESPN so I can keep coaching and be one of the first guys in history that got an interim job without being a head coach, an assistant coach, or a, a graduate assistant on a college or NFL level, and I'm running a friggin' organization that's been a winner for the last handful of years, at least record-wise. So we'll see. I'm rooting for Jeff, but come on, man. There's a 1,000 guys more qualified in the league to coach than him today. Now, he may be great. It'll be awesome. And then we're all going to say, fuck that, man. I'm going to go from Coach JB to coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers when Mike Tomlin decides he wants to go in the booth or, hell, Mike's so good he may stay there till he's 90. But regardless, there you go. Or I'm going to go replace Cliff Kingsbury because, you know what, My I know how to draw the fuck out of cover two man, dude. Sean, <laughs> me and you are going <laughs> to hey, we're, we're gonna kill this show so great. Me and you may be the new fucking head coach of the fucking Minneapolis <laughs> Stay tuned, brother. Stranger things have happened. Uh, I in the sky don't lie, man. It's gonna be a great one here on on, on our first install. Of this uh, last chance queue um, brought to you by DV Sport. I in the lie don't sky. Uh, I in the sky don't lie. Sean, I gotta be honest. I wanted to. We're gonna break down a certain player once a week. We, me and you, went back and forth, and we were like, you know what? Fuck it. Why don't we just evaluate a fucking handful of kids? Because we don't know and have the time to look through all these kids. And we don't want to embarrass anybody that sends us film. We don't want to uh, shit on your hopes or dreams. But we are going to be honest in our evaluation. So we said, you know what? Let's give the novice fan. Let's give the novice, uh, the, the inexperienced coach. Let's even give an experienced coach what it's like to recruit at the national level, what it's like to evaluate and do a personnel evaluation on each player. And then if the if the kid isn't up to our standards, we're going to move on rather quickly. In this profession, as you know, Sean, better than most, we're going to look at this film and see one or two plays. I can tell you pretty much in snap number one or two if he's going to continue to get play number three shown, right? Right. So we're um, assuming we're coaches in the recruiting business, and this is can you play at our level of program right now? And that's it. Okay. And we'd rather do that and give you more people to watch than 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 less. So we rather go, go back through. to work and to go back to work and take it and say, well, why? Oh, well, you you know you you not you don't get off the ball right. We need a little better release. Boom, and understand that you got some stuff to work on. That's okay. It's not personal. We don't even know these kids. Exactly. So we said, you know what? We'll grade them out. And Sean, before we get started, I want to give everybody an honest evaluation on what we're doing here. Um, we grade you out at the, at the next level. We, we grade you in the classification. Some do one, two, three, four. Pete Carroll was a one, two, three guy. Then he was an ABCD guy. I've done both ways. Uh, we'll do ABCD for the, for, the, for the shits and giggles of this drill that we're going to do every day on this show. Um, if it's an A, it's an automatic offer. We're going to offer that kid. We're going to be on the phone. Sean's going to be headed to the kid's house tonight. We're going to do a home visit. We're going to eat fucking ice cream with them and fucking jollies. Oh, get ready for Christmas, right? If the kid's a B, 
We're going to keep them on our board. We're going to recruit them. We're going to continue to recruit them because if an A kid signs with Alabama, we need to go to our B list. Does that make sense? We got to have a B list because we may not lose getting an A. So we got to have a B list. We're also going to have a C list and a D list. So now that you understand, if it's an F, we won't even probably go back to that list and look at that kid. So that is our great evaluations. You'll see if me and Sean look at each other and say, Sean may give me a B and I may say an A. And then we'll sit there and evaluate it as a staff and we'll say, okay, let's put him on the B plus list, which is really a, a list where we're going to continue to recruit him because the head coach thinks he's a B plus. The coordinator thinks he's an A and we're going to roll with it and keep recruiting the kid and, and uh, understand he's not he's a top priority still. But if he's a C, he's a C-list kid, we're going to keep an eye on him in case some things happen and we lose a bunch of Bs, but hopefully we don't get there. But at least you'll see why we're evaluating him and what the, t- the buzzwords, again, that we've said, buzzwords are critical in recruiting as well, and we're going to show you that. So I want to share the screen here, Sean, with us as we get this eye in the sky, don't lie, uh, underway. I'll take the ticker off the bottom here, brought to you by DV Sport. Uh, we got some huddle film pulled up. Um, this kid here um, has 51 tackles, three interceptions, two touchdowns. I don't know his height and weight. Hopefully it's on the deal here. Uh, but hopefully we can – Sean, me and you have done this long enough. We'll probably look at a kid and say, well – He's six foot. He's 5'11". He's 6'3". We pretty much know. And uh, we will break down what we actually, how we term recruiting. And we'll do that maybe on a show itself. That may be a whole show in its own right. Right. But for today, we're going to evaluate this young man and give you an honest assessment of him. He's obviously the corner here that is uh, highlighted on uh, Huddle. And he's in the maroon here. So he's a a guy that we're going to watch here, Sean. Uh, Tell me what you think here. Uh, he just took the ball from somebody. Um, I, I would already shut the film off. Yeah, go back. Were... go back one more time. You want to go back? Uh, no, I just want to see one more thing real quick. Yeah. Well, first of all, <laughs> let me tell you this. First off, on the very first, watch his hands or the lack thereof. Yeah, yeah that. He, he stumbled into it. That, that, yeah. That's I, not, I a, mean, that's not a pick six caused by him. That's called being in the right place at the right time. The receiver got off too easy, and there was no physicality to it. So. And right I, I just, you're right. It's a play that we're not going to really evaluate because it's a, it's a it's a gimmick play, and that's what you know. The problem is, I watched play two, but really, I would have already shut the film off. To be honest with you, no offense to you, young man, but at the same time, now I like that. Now, play two may show me something that I did not see uh, in play one, but but I'm gonna be honest with you. I've seen enough to realize uh, right now. Number one, you're not long enough for me. Uh, you're not, you're very stiff. Okay. If you're a junior or an underclassman, my advice to you is to get in and get stretched out, start working on some uh, yoga, start getting in some, some, do some things that you probably aren't used to get some flexibility, range of motion. You're, you're a little stiff for me in our program right now. He and I want to see you play. exploded on that tackle, but I don't know if I like his hands very well. Your lower body stiff. Where's he at on this one? Uh, Right here in the slot. Watch well, this here. I, I'd like to see you get some hands on a guy. Now, good job of going making a tackle. I don't think yeah. he's quick out of his first step either, out of his back pedal. Yeah. Uh, but he knows how to tackle. Yeah. He's a he's a hard no for me. I would put him at a at a, at a probably a D minus. I, I would I would recruit him. So I'm sorry. Yeah, he probably would not be on our list, at least after about five or six. Points. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah. Uh, and usually we don't even need to watch that many plays. Unfortunately, nope. that's just the business. And if, if this is a this is an honest evaluation that you're seeing here from me and Sean that you'll see with Nick Saban and Pete Carroll and these guys. I've been in these rooms. I've been in these. Yep. Trust me, this is what it is. My um, receiver would have my, my receiver would have had a field day getting off the ball with him. Let me just put it that way. They, he, he, I don't think he's going to cover any guy that I'm going to put on top of him. Yeah. Here's a wide out, Sean. 5'11", 165. Right now, I don't like his measurables. Uh, 165 is light in the ass. He is a high school kid. If, if, and just before we start, Sean, and we haven't even seen him, I got to be honest, I want you to explain something to the novice fan. Um, if you're 165, Deshaun Jackson coming out of college, 165. You I better get run 4'3". You better be elite, right? That's my point. You got to be elite. Um, speed, speed kills. I got to have you be – it's just, I mean, it's, it's not me- – measurables can be overrated. They can be underrated. But if you're 160 pounds, you've got to be world-class speed. And here's the guy. He's the third receiver in the three-by-one set here. Uh, he's running down the pipe here. Um, and, and, you know. Nope. I, I, Good catch. I, I, Good catch. Give me one more play. Yeah, I'll give you one more. I, I don't like lazy. I don't like loafs. Well, he looked like he was running as a decoy and then saw a quarterback had to come to him late. I don't like that either. Yeah. Um, here we go. You know, we got... he, right. he, he might be able to run. I, I'll watch another play. The kid has separation he pop in there. Yeah. Uh, here's a two by two set. He runs an out route here. Oh, maybe not. He's the, he's, the, he's the outside guy, a little dig route. Rounded his route, which I'd like him to square it a little more. Okay. Here's I don't like his stance just because I like he's pretty fluent runner. I was going to say he got he's smooth and has some pretty good straight line speed. He is a fluent runner. Uh, I like his hands up here, all the receivers. That's a coaching thing there. Um, he outside released that guy. I don't like that, but does he know that? I won't put that in consideration because we don't know if that uh, – Everything he does is vertical down the field. So if we've got a guy that wants to take the top off, maybe. But I still haven't seen him have to deal with anything physical at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I, Straight line, smooth runner. I'll give him a C. He's a, he's a C minus for me because I know he, he hasn't dropped the ball yet and he can run. So maybe there's potential there. But he'd probably be a late. He'd be a guy that I'd have to see more of to think about recruiting. So we put him on our C board. Uh, I, I agree. I, uh, low C, low C for me. We may even be giving him. We may be right. gracious with that evaluation. Yep, yep. Uh, agreed. agreed. But uh, I like his running and everything. But like again, I don't like when you're when you're off the line of scrimmage and you're jogging and you're faster than what it appears. I want to see full go. And can I give a hint um, to people who are putting their their highlights up here for us? Anybody else to see? Yes. Don't put do. your best shit at the end. Coaches are going to give you about ten plays max. They got five hundred max. I'm, I'm just, and that's generous. You put your best six to eight up front. No, I don't want to hear any music. I, we're not, we're not going to a concert. Spot shadow and show me, and show me you fighting through traffic on a slant. Show me you're getting off the ball with your hands. Show me your burst. Show me you're catching it at high point. Show me, don't show me a slant route eight times that are thrown into a window that you could drive a truck through or that you're running by a secondary because you're playing against Joe Sixpack and Harry Hatchetass. I got to see if you're a receiver. Let me see what a receiver is going to do when he faces good competition. Don't just give me the home runs that are, oh, he ran by a guy through a coverage and a guy's like ran right by and nobody checked him. Give me some stuff, a curl route, finishing back at the quarterback. 
give me your best stuff up front so I can get all over it. And, and to Sean's point, it's a great point because, I, you know, we, we may be charging for this damn shit here soon because the bottom line is you don't know how to make film. A lot of you guys don't. And all you high school coaches out there, please, I used to advise my guys, I wanted to see their highlight film before they ever left my room. Don't let it get out there because, Sean, as you know, you're accountable for this operation, head coach. And if your kids are out there with shitty film and you're not getting a kid recruited, that's your fault. You, your fault as a head coach. Right, and, and you're rarely going to get a second chance to make a first impression. Yep. That don't have their first, however many. If you scored 10 touchdowns on the season, that better be the first fucking 10 plays. And they better be your 10 best plays. Not this. A t- you, you, a touchdown that you ran by some guy that you're yeah, that he's a four-line corner. I don't give a shit about that. I need to know. Show me one against the D1 corner that's getting recruited that you, boom, took his hands off, you punched and stroked, straight stemmed him, leaned on him, ran away, finished and came out the back door and then had to run through a tackle. Now we're talking. And Sean. Show me what, yeah, now we're talking. Sean, and if your fucking best play is on the backside of a POA and a point of attack and you're going to go dig out the safety and you fucking cut his ass down and the running back scored – Put it on there. Yes. Show me a your effort on the backside of a play. I want to see you block. Show me your side adjustment on a blitz pickup. Show me your hot where you had to jump and go into traffic and run through a linebacker. And do show me when they motion you down and you got to seal off the backside. The guy outweighs you by 60. That doesn't all listen. Football ain't just about you running straight through cover two as fast as you can. And some quarterback making a throw with 14 yards of separation. Same thing with quarterbacks. Don't throw, don't show me in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. You can throw it 60 yards. Great. Yeah, you could throw it through a car wash, but can you hit the car wash without? I mean, I know you could throw it through without getting wet. Can you hit the car wash? So let me Sean, see. It, my right? thing is too. You're coming to Alabama, son. You have to play against the best. You're at high school in eight-man football playing with against a bunch of fucking little white kids. I don't want to see you running through cover two high safety a hundred miles an hour. I know you better outrun them or we wouldn't even have your fucking film up. I want to see you with that long six foot corner. who's a buck 90. That's mauling you at the line of scrimmage. Now get off that pressure coverage or on a yeah. shallow crosser. Are you boom, pushing up straight stem and stair step and then run away? Or is it a straight run through or on the deep over route? Are you precise on your, when it says 12 back to 10 on a curl route? I didn't say to run it. If I want a 14 yard route, I'll call a 14 yard route. I need you to be precise because precise equal dynamic. Moving on. Neither one. I'm not recruiting either one of them. Let's see. We got a kid here. Uh, let's see where his deal is. Um, Maybe it's a back. I don't know. Uh, it's a receiver again. Okay, another receiver. Um, see that? So right there, you lost yourself a scholarship. You lost a scholarship because you ran a fucking six-yard hitch route, got tackled, and looked as stiff as a porn dick. And, bo- I mean, and, bo- and bo- bo- bodied the catch instead of catching with your hands and do something. That guy's private on it. Son. I don't need to see it. All shits and giggles aside, I don't need to see that from you. I need to see you run a curl route right here against this guy and stem his ass and get him out of his back pedal. Thank I, you. Get I, close I don't to get open. Oh, shit. That's what – yeah, you're done. So, you know, that's horrible film right there. That's an example. No offense to this kid. I hate to hurt a kid's Philly. He's a Well, that's senior. why we're not putting names on it right now. We're not going to tell him. We're not, we're not here to hurt anybody's fans. Yeah, but when you're, when you're asking – listen, I got, when I got honestly evaluated by the NFL. If they don't want you, they keep moving on. Sorry, it's, it's 
you're looking at the next level. It's the first big decision you're going to make where you go to school if you can go. We're not here to call you out, but we're here to be honest because I'm, I'm treating this like I'd evaluate my own kid. Then if now, he was running routes, that's why I'm now, doing it. Let me, let, me, let me bring this kid back up. I got to be honest. I got to bring this kid back up real quick because I want to say something that I think could be very critical for these kids. First of all, this is the kid we're looking at here on the backside of this play here, walking here. He's walking, basically. That's him? Uh, oh, I guess – no, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was confused now, but now he's the running back. He – Sean, this is my point. He's 6'6". I did not know that. So 6'6 puts up ringers in my head. Ding, 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 because now the game has changed people. I did not know the kid was 6'6". When I first looked at him, I said, okay, 6'3", or whatever. He's not very fast for 6'3", so I'm not going to recruit him. Now that I know he's 6'6", I have to now look at him in a different light. I want, to I want you to know what I mean here, and Sean is going to fully know what I mean. He's now a safety on the hash here, and he's very, very lazy. He's not very gamey. Holy shit. Ooh. They attacked him. Now, I can tell you what he's not is a running back on one end. Okay. And, and now he may, maybe I could move him to wide receiver, but I didn't see him exactly attack the back. Okay. That was a heel, a heel tackle. And that, this yeah. is my thing, Sean. The reason I brought him back up because I want to, I want you to understand something. Jason Pierre Paul played offense. And then when the fucking people said, you know what? He came out to California to play Juco when I was out here. And I was like, okay, this guy's a freak. How about you go to DN? I don't think you're a tight end. I don't think you're an offensive weapon. I think you're a defensive guy that's got ball skills. Let's move you to DN. Maybe you'll be a fucking 10-time All-Pro. Well, guess what? Worked out pretty good. That kid right there, if he had any type of ball, uh, you know, if he had any contact courage, we like to say, in the football game, I would say, okay, now let me watch him a few times. Oh, yeah, to see if I could, if there's a place for him somewhere else. Right. A 5'10 kid. Son, Go back and get in the weight room, get some uh, nuts and guts, and come back and understand this isn't basketball or baseball. This is a contact collision sport, and I'm rooting for you. But at this time right now, we couldn't recruit you. And if so. you're a 6'6 six, six running back, which probably means he's 6'5 and a half or 6'5 because everybody at that age, I mean, probably, but 6'6. Six, six. There's a guy in Tennessee uh, the place for the Titans is about 6'4". <laughs> they say 6'3", but he's about 6'4", 255, okay? Go watch his film, and that'll teach you with the guy who's long how to dole out punishment. That's a good example. If you want to play running back, and if you want to play safety, I give you a whole bunch of cats that you need to go study too. But right there, the, the, the height, height gets you looked at. It's got to keep you on the field, though, and uh, I, I can't recruit him right now just as it is. Yeah, this is last chance Q, man. I, I, I'm so glad we get a QB in here. We do not know who the five we pull up every Tuesday and Thursday. We pull up the first five emails we get or the first five DMs. So I want you to understand that. Here's a quarterback. We don't know his name. We don't care. We want to evaluate him. If he's good, we'll reach out and say, hey, man, good job. You have an opportunity. I'll even forward your film to a bunch of Division One coaches for you. 30, so 30 completions and 12 touchdowns. Okay. So he throws a lot of TDs per, per throw. Yeah, which we like. We talked about that. Oh, yeah. Um, 49 for 700 yards rushing, 10 touchdowns. Okay. So here's a kid. He's a good-looking kid in the pocket here. Uh, <clears throat> number 10, quick release. I like his arm. He got a whip on him. Yeah. Uh, now, now, what I don't like is that he drifts. Stay right there. Okay. Let in me the go pocket. back here, Sean. 
stay, stay quick, right there. Not to cut you off, we, me and Sean's evaluating this. We would have a we'd have a clock in our hand. To be honest with you, I'd have a clock, a, a clicker, or a clock, or a stopwatch. And I want to see the, the ball where he releases it from. He's at the 45 in essence here. I want to put him on the stopwatch. When did the ball arrive in the receiver's hands? I want to see how long it took that ball to get 45 yards. Was it a two ball? Was it a one ball? Was it a three ball? Which we've already discussed. I want to see how fast that ball gets there. I like how quickly he put his front foot in the ground, though, when he decided to make the throw. Accurate down the field. He put that front foot in the ground, got it down, and got it up. Nice physical run. Got a little wiggle on it. A little wiggle, that's right. Get north and south. Okay. Now, I'm intrigued now. I, I don't know his yeah, height. Right. I don't right. know what state he's playing in. I'm intrigued. That's a, that is a very good word. He's got a he's got a elongated motion, but it's not yep. slow. It's not right. very it, it, oh, oh, A little bit of Ferris wheel to it, but see how quickly that ball comes out when he finally does make the decision? Yeah, That's I do like point. the elasticity is what yep. we like to look at. When we look at an arm, I, I'm a fucker through that now. Anticipation is pretty good, too, now. He threw that it's, ball there. Um, this is one of my favorite things. He's a physical north-south guy with wiggle. Yeah. Damn, I, now the stats match. This isn't – look at him run by somebody with an angle. Wow. Now, I don't know where he's where, – where this is. I don't either. What kind of football, but I know one thing. The ball is coming out, and, and I'll tell you what, he's got great vertical, great great push with the ball down the field and accuracy. Love Somebody's this looking. Watch this one. Go back real quick, JB. He's got a little bit of fucking swag to him. He can he he took a play action ride fake and stuck his front foot in the bucket again and got it back out fast. He transferred his body weight. Um, I, I I would like to get that kid to sock the wall a little quicker and get rid of a lot of that elongated motion. I, but maybe you know a what? little more. Maybe a little more knee flex too. He makes up for it with with sure quick, does. quick release. I, I don't like his laissez faire ball security. I, I like to have him. I want to see him a little more urgent in the pocket secure. too. Yeah, I want to see him in the pocket. He's got some poise to him though. He's got. He he looks like it's horrible film. Number one, the, the film guy. He you should off be schedule sidearm, not bad off schedule. Yeah, he he's, he's a he's a bouncer in the pocket. I'd probably like to keep him a little more. Quiet with the lower half, violent but quiet. But he's a bouncer. But I love this part of his game. He does not waste motion when he gets up north and south. No, he's a one. And he's got runaway too. Shit. Uh, I want to. I want to bring this point up while we still watch this kid, Sean, because this is an interesting one for us. Uh, which is great live TV. I mean, th- I got to be honest. The filmer here, you're 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 on the verge of fucking losing this kid a scholarship. Yes, got it. And be I want to understand. I want you to understand this, coach, head coach, and, and no offense to you and your program. You got a good kid here. The filmer, you have to have this thing checked as the head coach. You're accountable, coach. You're film for your players, not only for this kid. But you got kids in the film that aren't showing up that you're missing that could be getting a scholarship look. And I just I hate to see bad film because it's hard to evaluate. And I'm just telling you, if you're Nick Saban with 700 quarterbacks on his desk and it's bad film, this kid's getting skipped. Yes, and he he's is. a good kid. We may like this kid, but he just got skipped because your film is shitty. Yep. Things I love about him. The ball is accurate down the field. Very. The ball comes out for a guy who's a little bit I, I don't mind relaxed, but a little casual in the pocket. Um, but when he puts his foot in the ground, the ball comes out, and the ball jumps out of his hand. And, and he seems to have pretty good anticipation pushing the ball down the field and throwing people open. And I love the ability for him. He does not 
get too cute when he decides to pull it down and run, whether it's a quarterback power RPO, and he's got breakaway speed. There's something here. I'm. Uh, there's something here with this kid. There is. I like. I like. It. And and he's not. He has not underthrown a ball yet. How do you like? Tells me he knows how to. He knows how to make people go get it. What's that, coach? How do you like his mechanics overall? Mechanically speaking, what what do you like? Uh, I, I I would. I I don't want the ball. I mean, I want to make sure the ball goes up and out and doesn't go drop up and out. I would like a little more knee bend while he's in the pocket. A little more knee. A little flex on the front and back knee in the pocket. I do like how quickly the ball, his front foot hits the ground when he lifts it up and puts it on the ground. I, I, I like when he's, it's, it's, it's not an overstrider. He plays where he keeps his, uh, his the, like a boxer, a good puncher. He keeps his feet underneath him, and they're pretty damn active, and they're violent on the run, so, which I like. And his upper body's quiet. You know what I'm saying? There's not a lot of noise to it. So I, I like that too, which doesn't waste a lot of motion and allows him to get the ball up and out. You could speed up a few things, but a little more knee flex in the pocket. But I do, and I like the release point too. And he also showed me he can get a little, uh, get a little cute uh, throwing sidearm when he's on the run to his right when he doesn't square up. No doubt. Let's watch the rest of this. He uh, a very intriguing kid here. If I was at Independence right now, I'd probably have him on my board for sure. Uh, I do like this kid. He's he's very subtle, quick. I mean, he's got a lot of fucking twits to him. We I do, and I love his swagger. Like you said, decisive, decisive. He is. He is very decisive. Yep. I'm just just not knowing his measurables here. Me and you watching him and being watching kids our whole life. Uh, I'd say he's six one and a half, six two, maybe about a buck eighty five. Yep. I say the same thing. He is a. uh, He's a. He's a. He can roll out. I. I. I, I'm looking at the defense now, Sean. I want to make sure we're clear here. Uh, Coaches that are all evaluating film. First thing I look at, to be honest with you, because now we know the kid can play to some extent. Right. I now focus on the defense. I want to see the defense. I want to see, is this a bunch of little short white kids in the middle of fucking Idaho, or where are we, right? Where are we at? Are we in Georgia where we get fucking uh, recruiting heaven? Uh, are we in L.A.? Louisiana. We in right. Yeah, are we, we in, in Dallas. In Houston? Are right. we in Houston. Are we in Manville? Or is this Manville versus fucking, you know, I yeah. want to know now. Now North, you got North, North Shore, right? North Shore versus Lake, uh, by, by, uh, Katie, right? West Lake, right? Lake. right? There you go. Right. And I, I'm like, is this, now I know this kid can fucking play, but is it against some, you know, backwoods team in Idaho? No offense to Idaho. I just, there's not a lot of football players coming out of Idaho. So, so that's now number one on value evaluation. I got to see where he, who he's playing against. And I'm looking on the field. No offense, you know I don't. I hate to be. <laughs> uh, Put it this uh, way: he's either really good, or this defense is, or the defense he's playing, are really bad, or it's a combination of both. Because he's running by people like they're standing still. Dude's yeah. got game now. The kids, kids got a little bit of game. I'm intrigued with him, Mason McKenzie. Is that who that is? Yeah. I'm a, yeah. I, I think that Mason McKenzie's got to be in my B category. I, I don't know what level we're at. He looks like a guy, and I don't even know what grade he's in. He looks like a guy that I can work with, and there's some elevation to his game. I, I, I got I to gotta keep an eye on him and keep recruiting him. And that's what we kind of looked at when we were looking at the quarterback. I think he's accurate. He throws guys open. Uh, Sean likes his vertical speed. Mechanically speaking, we like his release. We like to fix a, a little bit of his elongated. He's got a bit of an elongated motion on the back of his whip, but he gets it out quick. 
Uh, Sean likes to see knee bend, both front and back, and then he transfers his weight well. Um, yep. He socks the wall, which we like to use that term in quarterback, and um, he's fast. We, and we think and he, he also is pretty decisive with the run game and the pass game. He now I didn't have to see him go through many of his reads, right? I didn't see him have to progress where he goes one, two, three, check down because the first or second guy was always open. But if you're going to pull it, pull it. And he did. I'm interested. This kid, this kid I'm keeping an eye on. I got to know his measurements. I am now watching more of him and think that there's a, he's a Saturday player somewhere. Let me just put no it doubt. to you that no way. Doubt. Yes. Uh, let's get to the last kid. We, we have five. We're going to get to it. Run a little long. It's our first install. We're, we're, we're going to make this show a little shorter than this. Possibly. I can talk with Sean for fucking eight hours a day. By I don't, the way. I don't but, even mind watching the clock. I get carried away because I love this shit, but this is awesome. Uh, here we go again. Chase Pence. Okay. Uh, quarterback again, another quarterback. Uh, we're lucked up. We lucked up on last chance. Q. I swear to God, I did not pick these kids. I swear to you. Uh, now this is a little shorter wobbly body kid. Uh, he threw that, but you know, he, Right now, off of stature alone, just seeing him there, I, I, I'm not intrigued as much, obviously. He looks about 5'10", 5'11". Now he's a shot putter. Uh, uh, that, that's, that's a push. He's he got now great accurate throw, but shot put a little slow. Here, here's my thing, too. When I see a high school kid and he's completing 54%, uh, I, I know we got a long way to go accuracy-wise. Now, this may be a freshman playing against the varsity. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. – uh, I think the measurables tell me now he throws a nice little, nice little drop shot, deep ball. Love yeah. this kid. It looks like a kid that you put it this way. He looks like the kid I want to root for because it looks like he's undersized. Yeah. And uh, nice, nice throw there. I mean, but the kid got to say no a drag. Right. He threw a crosser and took a chin shot. I like that. You know what I mean? I, he looks like a young kid just body wise, right? He doesn't, he look like a young kid. Like he's not developed at all. Nice bang post. There you go. Yeah. He lifted his back foot up because he had to throw that with everything he had. And a little uh, late. He probably could have he probably could have took it one less hitch and banged that thing in there. But I do just, like him standing, delivering the ball. Obviously, that small, he knows he's got to be tough. He doesn't look to me like he's afraid of shit, which I like. He, he, he took a pre-snap and a post-snap read and he and he scanned away and he came to his backside and to his face. I mean, he understands a little bit of coverage or what his routes are, at least as far as offensively speaking. He knows his route concepts. Uh, threw that with his left hand. I love Patrick this kid. Holmes. I love this kid. I love I it. Do. I do love him, Sean. Um, I, I just, I, I, you know. I, I wish I could grow him like four or five inches. Yeah. And, and, I, I and get a little more width right with that on. Yep. The other kid, you know, stick out. He's taller. He's longer. We, we got an opportunity. Um, I, you know, we can look into these kids. And I, I appreciate you guys sending us your film. Um, you know that little guy reminds me of, JB? He's a guy who walks on campus. He's the toughest SOB, team captain. Everybody loves him. When he goes there on Friday night, every, he's making plays all over the place. And a, and a recruiter comes in and says, man, I love this kid. I just but, can't recruit him for my program. Right. He's but, a hell of a fun – he's a hell of a Friday night player. And Sean, Does that make sense? Yeah. We hated that, right? We hate I that. Hate, of course. We grew up in that deal. Like, you know, maybe you didn't. Sean was number one player in the country, uh, you know, coming out. And, and, and I know you had buddies, and I've had buddies. And we've all had a coach, you know, you know, we, we advocate for guys as coaches too, but you know what coach, we can't do it. And when you're a player and a young kid, you don't understand it. You hate the world. We don't like this coach. We don't like this evaluation. The bottom line is though, as we've done it over and over, they're not lying to you. They're not, they're, I'm going to tell you right now, 
He will be fired if he tells you you're not good enough and you end up being good enough, A. So don't worry. There's plenty of schools out there. B, if he's telling you no and it's not to hurt your feelings or any of that, you, you, the eye in the sky don't lie. So we're not lying to you. If you're good enough, we're going to take you. We're not going to say, no, you're not good enough, and you are. It doesn't make sense. And if you're sitting on the fence, we're going to say we want to see more. And I'll tell you another thing is – Parents, quit telling your kids it's only Division One football or bust. There's a lot of friggin' good football to play out there. This young fellow we just saw, this he may be wake up one day, grow six inches in the summertime between his junior and senior year, and all of a sudden Sam Houston State says, that's a tough son, bitch. I want him to play for me. It's not the end all. We're watching six plays. But right now as we're going through 800 reels, 800 videos and tape, we, we kind of get an idea for what we're trying to recruit. That doesn't mean some JUCO, some smaller school, some Division II school, some school. Listen, there's great football. The, the key is to keep educating, keep getting going where they, they could pay for it and keep playing as long yeah. as you can. But we're always going to be honest, and it's not to hurt anybody's feelings because we love these kids. This is why we do what we do. No doubt. And no sometimes doubt. being honest, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be honest where other people may bullshit you, and we're not going to do that. No doubt. And we'll drop jokes in there and be fun with it, man. I, we, we we respect the fact you sent us your film and right. you're putting yourself out there to yes. be evaluated. Ball a lot of I love it. You won't do that. Right. Especially with my shit talking ass. And, uh, <laughs> I, 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 hey, hey, Sean, man, I can't, it's, it's, it's fucking like I'm coaching again. I, 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 I'm like, if I stood up, Sean, I look like a porn star. There you go. <laughs> Well, what do you, what, what do you, what do you, if you stood up, I mean, what, what are you going to do with all two and a half inches of that thing, man? I don't know. I, <laughs> I said, fuck, it's eight inches. They go, really? I go around. <laughs> uh, uh, fucking around. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, it's, it's, it's great. Two, uh, two hours of this felt like it was 15 minutes. I love you. Fuck, we got we got time slots on shit. We're running right through it. We don't give a shit. <laughs> As I told you, Dan Fouts told me earlier in his show, speaking of what you're talking about, if you can't dazzle him with brilliance, baffle him with bullshit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking eight inches around, brother. It gets you every time. Hey, it's been a great first install here, man. I can't wait you're for the second one. Idiot, dude. You're a friggin' uh, idiot, and I love it. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's been a great – it's going to be great. Uh, real talk banter here, man. <laughs> Stick around, Sean. We're going to get right to you in a second. I'm going to get this outro video, man, and we're out, and we'll wrap it up. I appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next drop. <laughs> I got to uh, go, dude. <laughs> peace. The last chance cube. Let's go. And I just cannot wait to bring over 60 years of knowledge and experience to not only the novice football fan, Sean, but to the veteran football coach as well. You love it. You better live it, drink it, eat it, smoke it. And then every now and again, wake up with it laying next to you. The premier football coaching show on the Internet. I've looked forward for the longest time to be with somebody whose energy and knowledge of football and teaching and no nonsense, but understands the old game, the in-between game, the new game, and combines them all. Last chance cue with the great legendary Sean Salisbury.